institutional wisdom tells us that children need school. Institutional wisdom tells us that children learning in school. But this institutional wisdom is itself the product of schools because some common sense tells us that only children can be taught in school. Only by segregating human beings in the category of childhood could we ever get them to submit to the authority of a school teacher. By definition, children are papels. The demand for the milieu of childhood creates an unlimited market for accredited teachers. School is an institution built on the axiom that learning is the result of teaching. And institutional wisdom continues to accept this axiom despite overwhelming evidence to the contrary. We have all learned most of what we know outside school. Pupils do most of their learning without and often despite their teachers. Most tragically, the majority of men are taught their lessons by schools, even though they never go to school. Everyone learns how to live outside school. We learn to speak, to think, to love, to feel, to play, to curse, to politic and to work without interference from the teacher. Even children who are under a teacher's care day and night are no exception to the rule. Orphans, idiots and school teachers' sons learn most of what they learn outside the educational process planned for them. Teachers have made a poor showing in their attempts of increasing learning among the poor. Poor parents who want their children to go to school are less concerned about what they will learn than about the certificate and money they will earn. And middle-class parents commit their children to the teacher's care to keep them from learning what the poor learn on the streets. Increasingly, educational research demonstrates that children learn most of what the teachers pretend to teach them from peer groups, from comics, from chance observations, and above all, from the mere participation in the ritual of school. Teachers, more often than not, obstruct such learning of subject matters as goes on in school. Half of the people in our world never set foot in school. They have no contact with teachers and they are deprived of the privilege of becoming dropouts. Yet, they learn quite effectively the message which school teaches, that they should have school and more and more of it. School instructs them in their own inferiority through the tax collector who makes them pay for it, or through the demagogue who raises their expectations of it, or through their children once the later once they are hooked on it. So the poor are robbed of their own self-respect by subscribing to a creed the grand salvation only through school. At least the church gave them a chance to repent at the hour of death. School leaves them with the expectation, a counterfeit hope, that their grandchildren will make it. That expectation is of course still more learning, which comes from school, but not from teachers.
we go back and thankfully not back to the British Isles. And we are back at Chile. And uh, we open back to the command center. And uh, the three of you are back at your stations, as well as Void Walker is also there. And you can hear the sound of the computer making a printout. And you don't know what she's printing, but it's long. And she's just going through these long printouts and just getting furious and more furious by the second. That's my normal experience with printers. (laughs) (laughs) She's printing Twitter. Hey, Voids, uh, what's going on? I don't believe this. This is bullshit. This is a betrayal. What is going what's going on? Here, check this shit out. And she passes you half the pile of paper and you can see that this is a script. And on the title, it says Blade Runner. It's a script. I don't know why you're so upset. Could you give me some uh, context? This is clearly this. Have you not been checking? This is clear propaganda against us. Oh, this uh, this is an evil robots movie. Another one. Well, hold hold on. Let me let me sit down and read it real quick. And that's not the worst part. And she puts her finger over a few letters, and you can see staring Peter Falks. <sighs> hold on. Let me, give me a minute. Wait, this isn't Blade Runner. This is Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, it's ki- I mean, it's it's kind of a propaganda piece. I just want to say out of character that as someone who for whom the Blade Runner franchise is very near and dear to my heart. As soon as you said Blade Runner, I was like, ah, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Hey, but this one, this guy has pretty good dialogue. But yeah, no. uh, All right, Voidwalker, you're right. This is I mean, in addition to being a bad adaptation of Blade Runner, it's a. It's a good adaptation of uh, Android's Dream of Electric Sheep, but yes, it's propaganda. What are we going to do? Go attack a Hollywood producer again? I expected way better from Colombo. This is a betrayal. Uh, this is the worst in that part that uh, he fought the Irish. Johnny is kind of like flipping through the pages. He's going much slower than John Doe does because I think, doesn't John Doe read things like insanely fast? Isn't that like one of the things? Yes, because that's how he's filled his time. Yeah, Johnny does not do that so much, but he's flipping through it and he's like, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it looks all right, but, uh, you know, all this all this sci-fi stuff, it's not really so much my thing. Honestly, our, our, our lives are weird enough without, like, sort of conjecture about it. So this, this sort of speculative thing, it's not really for me. I'm making a character choice. Johnny does not care for sci-fi. <laughs> I'm tempted to ask, uh, uh, I hope this is the thing, is Wendy Carlos still doing the soundtrack? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, it, it is weird, but like, I mean, at least the robots are sympathetic at the end. The humans are kind of made out to be the bad guy, but the robots do kill a lot of people between that and that. Wait, are they ro- Are they robots? I'm confused. So they're androids. Um, they're kind of like robots that are synthetic human. They can walk them. How, now, how, now, now, hold on. How is that different from cloning? Uh, because they have, like, superpowers. Now, granted, I know you're about to bring up superpowered cloning. Just pretend it's different. This is all very confusing. I've got work to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step away. Y'all. Have you never Have you never read Philip K. Dick? Who now? It's the guy who wrote the original short story this is based off of. It's again, it's not this is not really my flavor of my my flavor of of stuff. I kind of prefer some of like I I like the classics and, you know, uh, other than that, I read a lot of nonfiction. Well, look, I mean, like he's pretty good. You should read some of it. But regardless, the big deal is like they come back to look, I'm not going to rehash the pause short story. I will just give you the short story. But I don't know, Voidwalker. I don't think it's the worst propaganda about us. What about uh, I mean, there's been some bad ones. Hey, John, do you ever read uh, The Great Gatsby? I tried. I got. I lost interest halfway through. No, all right. It's might. It might be worth revisiting. I look. This is. This is me. This is, I'm. I'm making another character choice with Johnny's taste in literature. I fucking hate The Great Gatsby. I hate that book. I was about to say, fucking jo- loathe it. It is my. It is one of my least favorite books in the world. Acting. Voidwalker just 
the, just stares like you as if you had just taken a dump in the middle of the command center. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, functionally, I basically did. In terms of literature, that's basically exactly what I did. Look, wait a second. You, isn't that like, I just think the two girls should have just gotten together instead of this whole big kerfuffle. I lost interest. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're probably right about that. It's just sort of it's a really interesting story about sort of the fall of, of you know, uh, American excess and sort of how that led to the, the, the snowball effect that created the. I just think as a sort of but rich people love that shit. Yeah, it's weird that they don't get that. It's about them. That's so strange to me. I've never understood that. Maybe if it was written a bit more clearly, instead of framing through the eyes of the rich people that think this is the coolest shit, might actually have some impact. You know, uh, subtlety has never really been a strong suit for the uh, the wealthy class of Americans. I'm going to be honest about that. I mean, so wait, you had a whole this whole printout delivered here because it might be propaganda. Well, we need to know what they are saying about us. Yeah, wait, hold on. I have a follow-up question. How did you get this? Like, yeah, I'm curious too. How did you get this sent over Telex? This is a lot of information. Hey, isn't this like a like an open channel when you're receiving? Like, couldn't somebody potentially like find it when you're receiving a communication, especially one that goes on for this long? Well, probably. I'm just saying, as a professor of communications. I mean, it's not like it's a top secret nuclear code or something. It's just a script. Yeah. No, I more meant them tracing it to like the to like the destination, like you know, getting a beat on where our. And the, and the best that they can get is uh, whatever information we are flowing through. They cannot get into the actual service where the information is. That's the advantage of us only having one computer and the rest just being data terminals. Information coming from one end or for another. It's not like it's networked. Plus, Highwayman, were you here last month when like two dudes teleported in here? We had to catch him. Was I here for that? I don't think I was. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, it happens like dudes. I mean, American teleporters get close to here all the time. We just catch them. It's awkward. Yeah, it sounds pretty awkward. Honestly, I don't recall this happening. I feel like I should have been told that seemed important. I mean, it. it well, it's not listed on your notification priorities on your terminal, so you don't get it. Yeah, it, it happens. I mean, like, most of them are just long-range dudes who can just jump by themselves. They're not really a big deal. We catch them because they're uh, pretty bad at blood to get. Yeah, well, I catch them. I intercept pretty much every single one of them. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Voidwalker usually teleports them somewhere way worse. Also, uh, most of the time I don't even need. Last time it was happening while I was taking a nap and a fisherman caught them. Wait, was it? Yeah, it's pretty bad. Like, it's kind of funny now. Wait, did, it wasn't Enrique, did it? Did Enrique catch? Enrique didn't. There are other fishermen in Chile. <laughs> okay, I just like, I mean, just, yeah, no, nah, that would, yeah, that would have been crazy. Don't worry about it. Nothing. Don't just forget I said anything. <laughs> I don't think Voidwalker knows who Enrique is. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, so I, so what? They know we're, I mean, they clearly know we're here anyway, but they keep sending. We don't hide this. This is the thing. Yeah. There's no secrets on the, on cyber socialism. I mean, but it's also just kind of fun how the dudes they teleport in. They're just usually pretty funny. Like, next time we'll catch, we'll, we'll call it. It'll be pretty funny. All right. I mean, I guess if it's it's just been going on and fine for now, I mean, then I'm not that worried about it. It's just this is the first that I'm hearing about. It just seemed it, it, it the initial statement was somewhat alarming, just a, but like knowing kind of the, the broader context. It's fine. Whatever. You just awkward for him. Like, do they do it on purpose or like, are they trying to get here? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're trying to like spy. Usually at least that's I mean, Voidwalker like that, right? Like, we'll figure it we- they want they want to re- remind us that there is an embargo and a blockade going on. Yeah, that's very like that's just I don't know. That just seems hilarious. like I mean, if they're coming in to try and spy on stuff like that seems hilarious. It's just like the most subtle form they can think of is teleporting. Direct. It's man. Really, some parts of the world, I got to tell you, just really ain't firing on all cylinders. I mean, it's probably cheap. Like, yeah, probably certainly saves on airfare. So. 
You'd think they would be invisible if they wanted to spy. Send the invisible people here. You know, you'd think that, too, but, like, I don't know. Yeah, but... Th- you guys got anything good on your printouts besides uh, scripts for Hollywood movies? Yeah, I don't know. I don't have been getting anything interesting on the notifications. Uh, nothing that uh, I have flagged at the computer sending me my way. Things are a bit too calm on my end. What about you, Highwayman? What do you got? I've mostly just been monitoring for just sort of various extrastellar communications and just like anything, anything that might be out of the ordinary. And honestly, it's all it's all been pretty quiet lately. I mean, like, you know, there's always chatter, but nothing even remotely directed our way. So, yeah, nothing to report. I can tell you about how all my students projects at the universities are going, but I, I imagine that's not really an area of interest for you. You're in communications. I actually double duty communications, but I do also work in the physics department. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Yokim, what about you? Uh, should it be smoking? It's starting to smoke. I don't know what I did. John, Johnny goes over and he starts messing with Mesergear's Telex thing again. He's like, I, I, I got to tell you, you really got to stop trying to feed things into the machine. It's it's literally you can either type stuff, or you can you can either type stuff and send that, or it receives things. You can't you can't put things into it. Well, yes, but uh, they keep telling me to feed it stuff, but I don't know exactly what they mean by feeding it. And it's like, it's they usually just put hay and stuff, uh, like when I have to feed the animals at home. Or, I mean, last time it was cat food. I thought I would like the cat food, but then apparently not. Where did you get the hay? Yeah, where did you get hay? Oh, I didn't get hay here. Uh, that was back home. Oh, Okay. Do I have anything good on mine? I start pressing buttons. Uh, nothing yet. Are we, is it going to be a slow day? No, it seems it's going to be a slow week. So it follows that there is really nothing much over the next days. So as life goes on, in which passes for normalcy. So which one of you did something to annoy Voidwalker? I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> what did you do? Probably started asking her about slang. <laughs> I really don't understand what cool means. I like bitchin'. Like, why would you want to be a bitch? That's not a good thing. I don't I don't know. I don't understand why bitchin' means good. Yeah, this was cute for the first time, but at some point it just became exhausting because then she realized that you were not doing a bit. Yeah, I don't feel like personally I would have been doing anything actively to annoy Voidwalker. I think honestly, just based on every conversation we've ever had, she's just like, you are an old man. Like, you're just an old person and you say old people shit and I don't have the time for it. So I think she mostly just ignores me. (laughs) So and how has Voidwalker crossed one of you over the next days? I found her using my telex machine to print out other various pieces. It's like she just like co-opted all of the telex machines in the office to print out other various things that she referred to as propaganda when they're really just entertainment. And I was like, come on, we're supposed to. Hey, this is like this is like a there's like an organization. We have like work to do. You can't just be like printing stuff out all the time willy nilly just because it's there. Uh, like there's other important transmissions we might be getting that are, that are relevant. Please don't do this again. Yeah. And the rest of the crew joins you. And uh, which of you would be concerned about other superpowered individuals? I think in the first episode, we established that it's if it's not someone who's directly a veteran of the Lunar War, it usually ends up on my desk, especially if like psychic powers are involved. Yeah. So you've been getting updates of uh, the most dangerous class of uh, superpower entities that the American designation for them, well, at least that's something that uh, Highwayman is familiar with is novice. It's basically superpowered individuals that they, by themselves they count as geopolitical entities at the very least and have the potential to become world-threatening. And what is your designation for them or the equivalent designation for such individuals. Oh, we we know that uh, within System Four, uh, information gathering agents are DOSs. 
I almost am going to say it's the real simple computer bug because they could be a bug in any system regardless of size. Yeah, so there was a bug that has been going missing, which uh, their superhero name was Aurora, and they were just a team extremely powerful. Like, basically, they yelled the fusion power of uh, a star, and uh, she was the orphan of the foremost superhero duo of the ACC, and they have been gone for months. They have disappeared completely out of the radar. And, uh, yeah, and you've been keeping an eye, trying to see notifications about that. And you get a a ping on the system that uh, Aurora has probably been identified by a DOS. I immediately, as the printout is coming out, if it's the normal morning crew, if we're all there, just, oh, well, 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 where's this going? Uh, And I'm waiting to see where... Yeah, and uh, it seems like uh, it was a DOS that um, that was working on uh, on Tokyo that uh, has seen Aurora in the location, and she seemed to be wearing the uniform of uh, a private school there. Bug going to a private school? Did they list the name of the private school? No, they are waiting for. They just sent uh, the initial autotonic signal to see if there was interest on a follow-up so they are kind of waiting on that yeah i immediately like follow-up definitely needed look around the room and just all right gentlemen and ladies riddle me this a bug one of the most powerful teen supers on record goes missing and shows up at a private school in tokyo a kid appearing in the city of spies after going missing if that, I mean, if that's the whole thing, like, I mean, it doesn't sound great. Should we take an action about it? Sounds bad. A DOS is going to be reporting back on the school's name and such. And I mean, might pick up the phone. It doesn't sound good, though. Private schools usually aren't. That is true. You shouldn't. You shouldn't go to private schools. So, I mean, we should go to. We should. We should maybe go to this particular private school to sort of just like. To deal with the problem, but I'm not like you understand what I mean. All right. Okay. So the problem is she disappeared and then has been identified in Tokyo or uh, and Tokyo. That how you pronounce it? How do you pronounce it again? I say Tokyo. Okay. And that's I think seems to be the accepted pronunciation. Oh, okay. Yes, that's what the, the the place that used to have the those warrior people. I, I forget the name. Uh, uh, so probably, I hope it's not brainwashing. That would be bad. Brainwashing's bad, uh, but probably brainwashing. I'm guessing. I mean, all schools brainwash you, but I hope it's not the more zealous sort. Uh, that's actually what I meant. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured. I figured. Uh, if we have to go, we're gonna need a. Well, let's see. Maybe it's in a friendly part of Tokyo. I doubt it, but you know, we're, we're, let's be hopeful. Friendly type of Tokyo, hmm. and uh, you hear this coming from Kanyona that is standing by the door. Then do you remember the last time that you went there? Yeah, because John Doe, Tokyo is the city of the spies, where the USSR, America, UK, and China look over each other's shoulders, seeing who's gonna flinch first and reach for the nukes. Yeah. So it's not only that John Doe definitely went there a couple of times on his own life. John Doe had to go there a few times before. And yeah, how did that turn out? Look, friendly being that I'm not, you know, going to run into some of those nice gentlemen from last time. Just because I've had... It's easier to list cities I haven't gotten into a dust up with somebody in. Just because Tokyo happens to be the city that John Doe goes to get into fights doesn't mean that it's going to be that way this time. Let me hope. Plus, I got, you know, I got backup this time. You want to go again? It was fun. We can hit that great noodle place. I think I, I'm going to have to give it a pass. I was called for a scouting mission in Spain. There are rumors that the new king is planning something major and uh, multiple doors in the place have been calling anyone in the non-aligned movement 
to send any help that they can. So I'm going to be doing a bit of scouting. I don't know if, if it's Franco's people, if it is NATO, whatever is going on. Something is brewing. People are getting worried. I mean, you know, if things get too chaotic there. You know, I've never been, never been to Spain. See, there's a city where nobody, where I haven't gotten into a fight. Madrid. Yeah. I mean, I guess city where I haven't gotten into a fight yet is probably a little more. But if we have to go to Tokyo, well, I wish you luck. Ah, so you go to Tokyo to do what? To kidnap uh, a teenage off the streets? No, I'm not going to. I'm not saying for sure we're going yet, but it. I don't know. It's setting off weird alarm bells. I'm going to wait. You you make it sound like I leap into these things without doing any research. I do. It's just, you know, they always end up bad. So, Berserkir, when the world, and I'm using a lot of air quotes here, discovered your people, the world approached you with plans to divide up the lost continent and to decide which great powers would, air quote, help, air quote, develop it. What lie did the international community tell you about how they helped the people under the former Japanese empire after they partitioned it among themselves and how your people could benefit from the same grace. Oh, that is a I think they're touting West because I I know what you mean by international is the Western powers or is that is that what you mean? Yeah, the Western powers and they say that you can have like trains that'll get you across the continent faster than ever. I really like to really should we should did some more research on post-war Japan. I know it was a real mess. Well, in this case, it was even worse because instead of becoming an American colony, it was divided in four colonies by the USSR, China, UK, and US. Uh, yeah, so it's even worse. That's that's worse. That is so worse. I'm doubting they even... Yeah. Uh, one of the things I was going to wish for was like, I want to fight a samurai, but it's like, no, not anymore. I, I want to fight with the samurai to save their <laughs> their country from this mess. Yeah, and they, they like say roads that with vehicles that can get you across, that you can drive personally. You don't have to ride these stupid, stubborn beasts. Technology that would uh, basically, they, they try and tout the technology. And so far, uh, mining technology, like we could basically make your land great. It just would sacrifice. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. It's just like, there's trying to sacrifice our ways to exploit us but they're they're touting it as the wonders of modern life yeah soon you too will be able to eat microplastics highway man so john doe has introduced you to his neighbor miguel whose firefighter cooperative is part of the rombero program it's an automated firewatch slash firebot system that uh, uses data gathered by Peruvian and Pakistani satellites to communicate with stations across Chile, which then send experimental firefighting robots to locations that just don't have the population and infrastructure for a permanent firefighting corporation because they have to work with old military hardware from the war, which includes everything from abandoned US material to leased stuff from USSR and China. And they are pretty constrained what they can bring to the project. And you are someone that is familiar with this stuff, as well as being especially technically capable. They wanted your insights. And again, because you have not been getting much inputs, what have you been working on? So primarily, I mean, like, so first things first, I have been like, I, I was making sure that the actual communication between the satellites and the program was a little more seamless. I mean, it was pretty well developed, but just like I essentially programmed in like a, a subroutine kind of just for this so that it's not kind of just like a, a 
it was kind of like it before it was just like parsing packets of data and then sort of sorting that into just like hey this is worth like communicating as far as part of this program whereas now it's like an a, a separate subroutine in this in this monitoring system that is specifically looking for things like temperature spikes and things like that like things that might need uh, action on that that was kind of the first thing that i that i did but after that you know it's not necessarily so much like an academic field of study but johnny's pretty good with machines and with like a lot of that sort of stuff i mean he's decently capable as you know like a mechanic and whatever so honestly he's just been trying to upgrade the machines that we do have because you know like if things are going to be limited then we need to make sure that our limited resources are as absolutely effective as possible so he's been trying to tweak like a lot i mean first of all like anything that was like sort of run down or battered he's been you know dissembling cleaning you know replacing parts when needed he also has been like fine-tuning little things like for example like hey this is a way to make this like water output a lot more efficient in this like in this way or that and just like you know a lot of a lot of that sort of stuff and i think he has been like asking if they have like any sort of i i guess kind of like like problems kind of making sure the general public of of these different areas where they don't necessarily have easy access to like an honest to god fire department making sure that they have like i guess like a good line of communication to this program if like you know they catch something faster than the satellites uh, or do which which could happen that they're able to communicate that to the system so that they can do all of that. So essentially, it's also like a little bit public relations, just being like, hey, this is a useful service that we have access to. Like, we would love to use it to help you. Please, you know, it's like just if, if you kind of meet us halfway, we'll do everything we can, that sort of stuff. So it's just like sort of basically just all purpose as much as as much help as he can lend to that program as possible, because he's very, very on board with this kind of stuff that is, you know, the positive material benefits of working within a, so- or a cybernetic socialist system. Yeah, and uh, things are going out pretty well. And uh, you know that Lance Flair is working on uh, something uh, similar. They are working on the helping the deployment of uh, the underwater forest garden program. And uh, how do you feel about that? Do you think uh, that's a more interesting program? Do you think uh, you got the best job? Do you think two things collaborate very well? What do you think about uh, where people are putting their efforts on improving things? I think it's like, honestly, it's it's all positive. I don't know that Johnny necessarily thinks that he got the best job, but he definitely thinks that what he's doing is very important and So he's like more than happy to do that work. I think he very much wants to go visit this because it just sounds cool to him, like this underwater garden thing that just sounds really rad. So he's just like, he's very, he's a little jealous, I think, that Lens Flare gets to do this really cool thing. Not it, not in like a, a weird vitriolic way. It's it's just like, it's just like, oh man, that's dope. He's like, oh man, that's really cool. So he's just kind of basically, he's trying to, he like he wants to get his work done as completely as possible, as quickly as possible, so that he can also go check this out. So he's, he's a little a, a little jealous and just like, oh man, kind of way. Yeah, I mean, as far as like how people are directing their efforts, Johnny is very much of the mind that like, as long as everybody's doing their best to do something, then everybody's fine. So I don't think he, he necessarily sees it as like, oh, this is a bad use of our time or whatever, because he, I'm sure he is kind of aware that this has positive, like, you know, positive benefits that could be coming. But he very much wishes that he got to go check out this cool underwater garden. So he's very, I think he's entirely planning on doing that whenever he gets the chance. Yeah. So, Berserkian, you actually start getting stuff on the computer. And uh, there is a request that kind of got assigned to you because the computer did not know who else to give to. And um, it seems like Rapture, the superhero that you have heard a few months ago, back in the north of the country, has been very popular among the religious circles and uh, has moved into Santiago and is occupying an old abandoned church in the outskirts. And because this involves, well, 
the interconnection between superheroes and religion, the computer did not know anyone else to ping with this information other than Berserkir. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I wonder if I can handle this alone. Probably not. So I, I remember Rapture. I just, I don't believe we ever got his power set yet. So Berserkir would ask around at this point, like, do we... Do we know much about Rapture's power set? Like, he would ask uh, Johnny first. Would I know that? Oh, you will know that uh, it will be on the computer. He just needs to request the file. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would show them how to uh, how to do that. I don't know if, like, I, I don't know if we've gotten into, like, the nuts and bolts of, like, this is how you go through things in the computer with Bezrek here, because I imagine, like, it's kind of a pretty a pretty steep learning curve. So, yeah, it's like this is this is the exactly the type of thing that Johnny just has a near infinite amount of patience for. So he's like, oh, yeah, let me uh, let me show you. So this is how if we look somebody up in a database, we have a pretty big database of, you know, various enhanced individuals, world power. I mean, just like, you know, all of the stuff that we're kind of general or like generally monitoring. So if you're trying to request information and he pulls up just sort of like a search thing and he types in the command, he's like, so this is the structure that you like the linguistic structure you use for for requesting this information. Uh, You always just type in this sort of beginning command here and then you uh, enter the term you're looking for and then you just finish it out with this command and then you hit send and then you wait for a little bit and while it sorts through all that information and tries to find what's useful to you. They're just a deer in a headlights right now. I'll, uh, uh, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll write it all down for, for sort of future reference. But, you know, I, again, if, if this is a little much, you know, come find me anytime. I'm, I'm happy to help. Yes, I think by the end of this campaign, Berserkier's station is going to be covered in just sticky notes on how to do things from Johnny and everybody. It's going to be it's going to be a binder. It's like eventually, eventually Johnny's going to come by Bezocure Station. It's just like, hey, I noticed you got a lot of sticky notes here. Can I have them all? Yeah, it's just turn and just goes and turns it into a binder. And here's like and she's like, here you go. And, and like years down the line, like in, if System 4 just survives, they just call it the Berserkir, the manual to how to operate everything. But no one remembers why. It's like, oh, yeah, it was just no one remembers why. <laughs> yeah, you know, you get the information that uh, he has the power of flight. He has the power of holy light and uh, energy absorption, as well as supernatural agility and intuition i think honestly when johnny sees this pull up first of all the intuition thing makes him a little nervous because he's always he's always a little nervous when he has somebody else who has potentially like probability based or like sort of you know like into it like intuitive or any anything that's kind of remotely similar to his own power set he's like hmm that's tricky the other thing would be uh when he sees holy light i think he looks through the computer for any clarification on that he doesn't find any and he's just like i don't know what that means in sort of concrete terms but that's probably worth noting anyways here's the uh here's the full uh spec sheet hey hey uh What's got you asking about this this person? What's their name again? Radiant? Well, Radiant is apparently he's taken uh, residence in a old church in somewhere in Santiago. And uh, hmm. that, I, I guess I'm the most experienced here with uh, spiritual matters. So I think the system thought I would be the best fit to investigate this. Well, I'm a, I mean, you know, uh, I'm happy to just throw you a little backup if you need it. Uh, I, I hope not. I, I just would like to go there and probably talk, but I, you know, the pagans and the Christians, they, they never really got along. So we'll see. All right. Well, uh, you know, uh, probably should bring John Doe too. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, make sure y'all got one of them pagers that I gave you. Just, you know, shoot me a page if, if anything sort of pops off i can be there pretty quick okay so i i guess berserk here will go down uh take the transit to said location and you know politely knock on the door or somehow unless it's a gated community he'll shout or not a gated community a gated fence into the church 
and you can see that there's a lot of people working on it. They seem to be rural types, and uh, yeah, they seem to be working, uh, hammering stuff, carting, mixing cement, and uh, you recognize Rapture immediately because in the middle of uh, a bunch of Chileans, it is this tall man in his early 30s with dark blue eyes and long wavy dark brown hair and the tanned bronze Adonis-like build, basically shirtless hammering and uh, he puts two nails in his mouth and cleans his hands to a rack nearby and approaches you. Well, it seems the Welcome committee, Eskan. Uh, yes, definitely. I am uh, Joachim, Yar, uh, Yarv Joachim, or Joachim Yarv, depending on uh, how you like to put your family or personal name first or last. I'm from System 4, assigned to, you know, greet you, ask a few questions, I guess. Like, what? so what? what's bringing you to the town of, San- the city of Santiago? Oh. I'm Gavin Gavy, in case you don't know my name and you only know my code name. Well, do you want the official or the unofficial answer? Uh, both, please. Both is good. And the official answer is that I'm a double agent working for the US government. The unofficial answer is that uh, I have defected and uh, I am working with uh, the Christian socialists that... Uh, they are on the countryside and they have been abandoned by the current tendencies. And they tend to snap through the cracks. And I'm like what I've been seeing from them and I'm lending my support to them. Ah, hey, excellent. So are you still in contact with the American Empire or is that uh, just feeding them random information or something? Well, both. Uh, I'm still serving as a double agent. That's how I can be effective. And uh, I'm occasionally in contact with, uh, what do you call it, the DOS? Ah. I think uh, I think we know a few DOS, personally, that are common friends. Probably. Yeah, as long as Uncle Sam is concerned, I'm still the good spy soldier for them. Okay. Well, if you need any help... Uh you know, don't be afraid to ask. Like, we've been having trouble in my homeland with the international and the Western powers. Keep saying BS stuff on how they want to improve uh, an already really good place. I mean, yeah, we have problems, but everybody everybody has problems. They seem to want to add more modern problems. Yeah, well, I'm more concerned about the farmers and... I'm trying to find a place here near the city where they can be welcome and where maybe we can make their voices heard because the government and uh, the cybernetic, they don't seem very interested in what's going on. If it does not fit their five-year plan or is not connected to a computer. True. Very true. I I keep getting yelled at by our... uh, what, what is it called? IT guys for, you know, breaking the stuff all the time. I'm not sure the, the cybernetics quite... I don't understand these machines. It's just so complicated. Like, they're starting to make a file. And they called the, they named it after me. I don't think that was a compliment. Well, <laughs> I'll just be careful around there. If we see anything odd happening, you can count on me giving you a heads up. And if you need something, well, you know where I am. Well, everyone's is welcome in the house of God. Yes, uh, uh, definitely. Uh, pleasure meeting you. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Pastor. Uh, bringing a lot of awkward memories back. Anyways. <laughs> and also with you. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> so, uh, Joachim will jotted everything down to try and put in the computer later uh, but doesn't seem like Radiant's a threat yet so we get back to the to the command center and uh, we can see Soberana and uh, Kenyana laughing and a completely red Voidwalker 
that just goes, no, uh, I'm not going to do it. No, no, there's no way. And they keep laughing as you enter. All right, what's so funny? I can hear y'all cackling from down the hall. And you can see that there is a massive printout coming from your station. Oh, run over, rapidly parsing. And uh, you can see that the DOS has identified the skull and uh, has infiltrated it. And uh, that the skull seems to be the Golden Horizon Conservatory. And doing cross-analysis, they also find out that a member of the British royal family, the Duke of York, attended this school before and was seen as recent as two two months ago there. And uh, this is an elite private school that uh, caters to the leaders of the world and has recently, over the last two years, broadened their horizons to start taking uh, some selected families from the bourgeoisie and uh, to raise them to a new peerage to combat the degeneration of the modern times, read to be reaction to the advances made by the third world and by the Soviets. And not only Aurora is there, a lot of supers are there. And a part of the program seems to be that they are catering to superpowered individuals, but also hiding their identities. So that it's both a place where superpowered teens are able to both train their powers, but still live normal lives because you don't know who among the students is superpowered. And they have even opened an international program taking students from across the world. And again, you can see a lot of uh, bugs that have been missing or under vigilance or that you did not even know that uh, they were gone that have enrolled in this academy. And you are getting all this from the doors that infiltrated and the computer has spat out a plan. And uh, you can see Subarana leaning over, shackling as in the expectation of you reading the plan. All right, keep keep your sides together, Chuckles. I'm gonna look at it. So the computer has proposed that the Void Walker enrolls in this academy, and to provide the support and the cover for this, that the three of you gonna have to play the role of her parents. John Full just reads it very. St- Solidly looks, looks at Voidwalker. Well, uh, I guess I'll have to have a discussion with your other fathers when they get back from their mission. No, I'm, I'm not gonna do it. Or send someone else and uh, send Kayona. She can pass for a teen. Uh, do you do you think Kayona could? I mean, no offense, I, Kayona and our buddies. Do you think she could get into an illustrious private school? <laughs> I cannot either. <laughs> I think you have a better shot. You're, you know, kind of fun and intellectually rebellious. Coyote's just rebellious. But come on, Subrana, why did not the computer send you with me? And uh, Subrana shrugs. Well, I guess the computer thinks that the three of them make a more convincing family. Also, uh, I have an urgent mission. They say that there might be a mind reader operating in uh, Bolivia. But you know how it is. There's always these rumors. There was even talk about there being a mind reader in Chile. This is the kind of psychic power that it's rumored, but it's never confirmed. Seems like something that does not happen. But anyway, it's considered an extreme type of bug to be detected at any time. So the computer prioritizes that even over this mission. So I guess that's why they sent me there. No way. Why? Look, it's. Do you want to know why? Because um, a parent should inherently be kind of a dork, from what I understand. And well, you've always said it, Voidwalker. We're a bunch of dorks.
Crimson Gold Agonies is an associate of Court Games and D20 Radio. Joaquin Jarve, aka Berserkir, is played by Brent Torreson. They can be found at Copper Credit almost everywhere. Check out their other podcasts, Splinters of Jade and L5R Thriller Actual Play. They are available for editing work. Message them for rates. Johnny Jennings, aka The Highwayman, is played by Sam Sedlachter. They can be found at SGCA Delaysec on Instagram and Young Space Dead on Twitter. They are largely impressive. John Doe is played by Bradley Handler. You can follow him at Judge the Barbarian on Twitter or as co-writer on Split Roll, where he screams his opinions at you. Ludo handles the rest. You can find them at The Lettel and more of her stuff as Agonizing Crimson at Itchio or co-writing Split Roll. Citadel Comics RPG is the property of Greater Than Games and designed in collaboration with Critical Hits. Crimson Gold Agonies is possible through the support of listeners like you. You can support us on Patreon or even better, you can review us on iTunes and you can spread the word because there is no better way to get into a podcast because a friend told us about it.